What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a few episodes under our belt here at the Hi, I'm Bobby podcast. And guys, I got to tell you that it wasn't simpler to start a podcast than with Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or your computer. Anchor will literally distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If this sounds amazing to you, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm so excited, and I hope you guys will make a podcast today. Have we experienced the death of the teen comedy as we know it? When I say teen comedy, I'm talking about your Mean Girls, Clueless, She's All That, Aquamarine, Bring It On, Big Fat Liar, you get it. And when I think about movies like that, I don't think they really exist anymore, at least as we know them in that form. And you know what? This isn't necessarily a bad thing. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. In today's meeting, we are taking a quick deep dive into the teen comedy, what it is, what it was, and how it's changing. When I mentioned those films earlier, I'm sure you could instantly remember some defining traits and major plot lines in each of them. Like many genre films, the teen comedy tends to follow a pretty strict set of visual or narrative markers. These films were usually marked by such traits as strong character archetypes like the nerd, the jock, the cheerleader. A film like The Breakfast Club pretty much nails all these archetypes in one go. They tended to only take place in school, with exceptions being a dance or a game, the mall, or someone's house. Which makes sense, as these tend to be the only places of note in the day-to-day -day life of an American teenager. And the age and grade of the main characters was usually not called out, though if it was, they tended to mostly be graduating seniors, as that is a major transitional moment for teenagers. These films reached a massive peak from the 1980s up until the late 2000s, beginning with films like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Sixteen Candles, and going all the way up until Juno. However, in the last 10 years or so, the concept of the widely loved teen comedy has slowly become extinct. 
And even then, those films of recent years, like Booksmart or To All the Boys I've Loved Before, are quite different in comparison to the She's All That's and Mean Girls of the past. And I think that this is due to the fact that the pop culture interpretation of teenage life and what teen life is actually like has shifted in a few ways. Musical breaks in the hallways, dramatic fallouts at prom, and the latest on who is dating who is probably what many of us thought high school was going to be like. And we were probably all a little let down when it was just asking your friends if they did the homework for biology and going in comically large friend groups to homecoming and prom. Teen comedies of before veered mainly on being an aspirational look at teen life. And these aspirations were less from the audience and more from the people making these films and what they wished their teen years were like. And oftentimes these aspirations were probably better suited for college than high school. Modern teens have transitioned away from wanting to see aspirational media that idealize what being a teen would be like, like in Mean Girls, and has moved to the relatable or wanting to see teens that feel more real or feel more like them like in Booksmart or Euphoria. And based on some TikTok comments that I received, I think I need to clarify my point on my inclusion of Euphoria as relatable. And I would also like to note that I'm not including Euphoria as a teen comedy. I'm discussing it as an example of current teen-centric programming. HBO's Euphoria has accrued a bit of a reputation for being so realistic that it's unrealistic. If you're not familiar with the series, it deals very heavily with drug use, mature relationships, and sex work amongst high schoolers. And I would hope that the average high schooler is not necessarily seeing themselves reflected in Rue or Jules for their extracurricular activities. And I'm not talking about cross country or jazz band. However, I include it as relatable because a lot of teen-centric media of before tended to sanitize high school and gave broad strokes as to what it would be like. And Euphoria is a part of a crop of shows that are on the opposite end of the realism spectrum. Trust me, friends, I'm well aware that teens shouldn't be really relating to Euphoria. Okay, back on track. Pop culture's interpretation of teen life is now grounded in realism. And that isn't all that shocking because teens now have a greater consciousness of the world around them. No, this isn't to say that teenagers know everything nowadays, but they do know quite a bit. They did grow up with all the information in the world at their fingertips, after all, and they've put it to good use, for the most part. So why wouldn't the media geared towards them reflect that? Another reason for this shift is that how the teen experience is being depicted is no longer centered in that of the straight white teen. Teen comedies of the past were almost exclusively very white and very straight, and there was almost little to no inclusion of the nuances that minority teens experience, and if there were, they were stereotyped to hell. While yes, these stories had some universal aspects, minority teens had little to no meaningful representation that wasn't exclusively tied to their otherness. 
For example, in writing the script for this episode, I was hard pressed to think of a teen comedy from that peak era that I mentioned previously that centered a person of color that didn't have some harmful stereotype caked into it. The closest example that I could think of is Bring It On, a film that has deeper social commentary than many may give it credit for, as it explored themes of cultural appropriation in the late 90s. But even then, these films were very few and far between. I would also like to note that I'm not saying that there was no film like this that existed in that time period, but I'm talking about films that had wide releases and massive appeal that white teen comedies did. Not to mention that teen comedies of the past, while they had humorous moments, they were often fraught with somewhat casual racism, homophobia, fatphobia, transphobia, sexism. It was a real smorgasbord of not so good things. Speaking as a 20-something who is a minority, having a teen comedy that speaks to your experience while not exclusively tying you to your otherness is something that is necessary in the fight for meaningful representation. However, the tides are beginning to turn. Current teen comedies are seeking to mend this gap and address the downfalls of the past teen comedies while also retaining the fun aspects of what we loved about them. With films like To All the Boys I've Loved Before and Booksmart and series like Never Have I Ever, these pieces of media are seeking to represent minority groups and give them a story that doesn't need to be drenched in trauma. And honestly, I can't tell you how refreshing it is to see it. Growing up is hard enough, and sometimes you just need pieces of media that represent you and your experiences without compromise. So I suppose that the teen comedy isn't really dying, but it's evolving and matching the times that we're in. Am I saying that these movies are all home runs in 10 out of 10s? Absolutely not, but they're on the right track. It's possible that years from now, we might be having the same conversation again as pop culture and society are always shifting and changing. But at least from now, I think that the teens are in pretty good hands with their comedies. Thank you so much for joining me this week on a quick deep dive into the state of the teen comedy and for the inaugural episode of the Hi, I'm Bobby podcast. If you want to know where else to find me on the internet, you can find me at The Afternoon Special on TikTok or Instagram or over on Twitter at Hi, I'm Bobby. At the end of each week's episode, I would love to hear from you. In the description of each and every episode, you will have the option to send me a one-minute audio message. It could be a hot take. It could be a response to something that I said. It could be a question. It's really up to you. My one ask is that you keep it respectful. And who knows? Your response might make it into next week's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode and that you'll join me here again next week for another deep dive. Later days, friends. 
$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hi, just checking in and seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now.